What's up, Ego Hackers? It's C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life doing uh, the same episode, Season 17, Episode 5. And uh, this is uh, Part 2, or B. Uh, I haven't decided yet, or it hasn't been decided for me. I have no idea, because actually, I'm going to notice most people, I actually just like continue filming, because that's what I do here. I just do everything freestyle mode, all in one take, because why the hell not, right? And uh, I already just like filmed an hour, and I'm just going to continue right along, because the first hour was, guess what? The first two bullet points. But now, in order to understand what the superego is, in order to understand its gateway, we got to keep going. So, let's get down to business here. The origin of the superego. We talked about how to reach, what is the path to enlightenment, and uh, what the different gateways, understanding how to use the gateways to reach the path to enlightenment. But let's get down to what the origin of the superego is. And I think I also touched on a couple of other bullet points here. We're going to get to it because there's a lot to cover. So, the origin of the superego. Free will. Free will is the problem. So, uh, this is when, uh, and remember folks, you're doing a book giveaway right now. The book giveaway is uh, John Milton, uh, The Paradise Lost. Definitely check out the book giveaway. Um, uh, To enter into there, be a subscriber, leave a like and a comment on the channel below. Uh, do all those things, and uh, uh, we'll, you'll be entered uh, to win the book uh, as we get through these uh, episode parts uh, for season 17, episode 5. So this is part 2. So let's get down to it. So the origin of the superego, a.k.a. free will. So, free will. Uh, free will, that's, that's kind of a problem. Isn't is free will a problem? I mean, you know, it just brings me back to Neo and the Matrix Lagoda talking to the architect you know, choice. The problem is choice. Hmm. Aye. The problem is choice, sir. Very, very much so. It is choice. The problem is always choice. All the time is a choice. Ooh. 1805. Very, very interesting. So, it's very late, but I'm filming anyway. So, uh, this really comes down to the origin of superego is actually very well demonstrated by the book uh, Paradise Lost by John Milton, and we're actually going to talk about it directly right now, even though it's part of the book giveaway. So, what is Paradise Lost? Paradise Lost was written by John Milton, actually, even though he was a blind man, and he dictated it to somebody else, and all it is is just a retelling of the Garden of Eden story, the story about Adam and Eve, basically. It is a retelling of the story, and uh, I think it's absolutely... Fantastic. I think it's a fantastic story. Uh, so many lessons. In fact, actually the basis for human attraction dynamics, my theory about uh, masculine and feminine relationships as uh, demonstrated in season four playlist on this YouTube channel, which by the way, if you haven't watched season four, how do intimate relationships actually work? And you're either in an intimate relationship right now or planning on being on an intimate relationship right now. And you need to understand how they mechanically work psychologically speaking. You might want to watch that. So go to the playlist on this YouTube channel, click season four, and then watch all six episodes in order, or you can check us out on the podcast. If you know we're on a podcast, we got a podcast too. You go to csjoseph.life forward slash podcast and pick wherever you want. We're even on Spotify. We got it all. We're here, the C.S. Joseph spot, uh, the C.S. Joseph podcast. You can look us up. That way you're not like destroying your cell phone data by listening to us, you know, on YouTube. You can actually just download the podcast on Wi-Fi and then take us wherever you go. That way you can always be up to date in all of our episodes. Dope! So, check that out. But anyway, 
Angels versus Demons. And this is really the story of the superego itself because uh, in the book uh, Paradise Lost, I'm just absolutely amazed. I'm absolutely amazed as to the, uh, the, the, the retelling of the story of Adam and Eden and how, what that means psychologically from a, a symbolic, archetypical, extrovert intuition, collective unconscious standpoint uh, for, um, for all of us, basically, and how we can get there. I think I needed like a, a drink. Sweet, I actually had some left. So, with that being said, uh, free will, free will continues to be a problem, and and it really and, and uh, it's a problem because if you actually look at the story between angels and demons, according to Paradise Lost, you kind of get an idea of where things started. So, and let me direct you to the most controversial part of my board right now, Lucifer. Yes. Uh, the story of Paradise Lost is actually the story of Lucifer, and uh, and uh, according to John Milton, according to John Milton, Lucifer has a very interesting take. And uh, when we're talking about ego shifting, we we barely touched on it in the last uh, the last part in part one, but for part two, we're going to talk about ego shifting a little bit more. But when it comes to Lucifer specifically. Lucifer, according to the story, and I'm trying to keep this in the context of Paradise Lost, the story, not so much the Bible, okay? So, like, for all you people out there freaking out about the biblical concepts, etc., don't freak out. I'm not here to sell you on church. I'm not here to sell you on Christianity. I could care less. What I do care about is telling the truth. And um, I, 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 like, I really like John Milton's uh, book, and I'm using it as a model to reference this, uh, this form of talk, this form of speech, uh, these stories so that you, the audience, can gain the, those benefits from those stories because archetypically speaking, symbolically speaking, it's absolutely relevant to the discussion we're having today. So, Paradise Lost. Uh, Lucifer, uh, Lucifer is in the kingdom of heaven with all the angels. He's the most popular, the most popular of all of the angels. He's also the most entertaining. Uh, he's an angel of light, uh, probably the, the most intelligent uh, of the angels, uh, very uh, all about extroverted thinking, all about, uh, you, know, you know, ESFP, that ESFP angelic mode, uh, fantastic musician. He was the top dog. Lucifer was the man. He was like on top of that. And potentially he was recognized uh, or given credit for being potentially the most entertaining angel and who potentially made uh, uh, God on the throne as happy as possible. And, and perhaps he was the, the, lead, uh, the lead angel in making God the happiest at that point in time uh, within the kingdom of heaven. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, one day that changed. It completely changed. Why? Well, according to the story of John Milton, two things happened. Uh, Lucifer came to possess knowledge of two things. The first was is that uh, the son, the son of God was coming. And it's like, well, who's the son? We don't know who the son of God. Who, who is the son of God? And the son of God was basically, I don't know, born. I, I don't know. The story doesn't say. I mean, if you look at uh, uh, the Gospel of John, uh, verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. What that means is, is that the son of God was always with God. It's just that... Lucifer was just ignorant to that fact at the time that the Son of God already pre-existed even before his own existence, but he had no idea of that. I mean, I guess if you look at the context of Season 17, Episode 1, where we're talking about the source of all cognition, a.k.a. the source of all cognition, a.k.a. 
the super ego of the of of basically God, basically, which would be the source of all cognition. Um, that's like a theory, by the way. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But um, at that point in time, Lucifer would be like, okay, well, uh, why is he so important? Because I just found out that your son, who, why, why does he get all the authority, all the power, all the glory, all of the everything that I've ever wanted? I go out of my way to be as shiny, as pleasing, as splendid, as amazing as I can for you, but you're giving all of everything that should be mine to this son of yours who's only been around for how long? How long have I been here worshiping you? How long have I been here going out of my way for you? Wow, did like Lucifer just cobra contract God? You know, that's kind of weird. Hmm, I want to look into that. Kind of, is that, is that the first cobra contract? Hmm, interesting. So when Lucifer has that point of view, <coughs> the other piece of information he stumbled upon is there was a prophecy, a prophecy about God creating a new race, a new race of people that uh, would potentially have, would have the potential to become greater than the angels. Lucifer didn't like that either. So he freaked out. He freaked out. And he got mad. He could become angry. And pride, pride took in. Pride took in because it's like, wait a minute, my, my position, everything is going to be given away to the son of his who hasn't earned anything. We don't know anything about him. We don't know anything about this. So he takes a bunch of his friends, the angels, they go off into the mountains in the north, north of the kingdom, basically, and they start to plot. And they start to plot to kill God, basically. They plot, they plot to murder God on the throne. And, uh, and one angel is among them, tells them all that they're all whack, they're idiots, and then walks out and then just leaves. And then, you know, he's trying to tell, he's trying to tell the angels, like, oh, you know, we manifested ourselves, you know, God didn't create us, we manifested, or we willed ourselves into existence, much like those people, you know, those new agers think that they willed themselves into existence, or they could will anything into existence, or gotta love that pr prosperity gospel, you know what I'm saying? Gotta get that prosperity gospel. Yeah, folks, if you haven't realized, here on this channel, I'm here to slay and slit the throats of all the sacred cows. Sacred cows don't get to live on this channel. Pa! You know what I'm saying? Let's be straight. All the sacred cows, they gotta go. They gotta get out of here. I'm done with sacred cows. So, like, seriously, if there's a sacred cow, no. Uh, into the dumpster. And then lit on fire. And down the hill it goes. Woo! You know what I'm saying? Like, like, let's be straight. Lucifer. Lucifer uh, was creating a rebellion. Rebelling against God. And uh, then they went and they used their intuition. They created weapons. And it became this huge war in heaven, basically. And uh, as John Milton had explained it, apparently angels know how to make cannons and uh, shoot cannons at each other. Who knows? But then the Son of God shows up and ends up overpowering Lucifer and his and the rebels and sends the rebels and casts them out of the kingdom and sends them to another prison world, basically, like, you know, hell or the abyss, etc. And they're all imprisoned in this prison world. And, uh, and then they, uh, but then Lucifer is still talking to uh, his ilk in the prison world and they're very unhappy on the prison world. And then they end up you know, breaking out of the prison world and they head straight to Earth because Lucifer tells them, hey, you know, Earth is where uh, mankind is going to be created. We're going to go over there and we're going to go interfere with that because, you know, we realize that God is too powerful for, uh, for us. We can't kill him. So what we're going to do instead is we're going to take what he loves from him. If he loves mankind so much, 
we're going to turn mankind into people like us so that and to be like us so that he would end up hating them too and then we've basically broken his heart because that's the only way that we can get back at him for for betraying us for betraying me etc and then he, and lucifer goes off so what just happened that's their whole plan and then all of a sudden that that's the that's the that's the fall of the angels and it's leading to the fall of man right what, what just happened let's break that down psychologically speaking shall we I contend, and again, this is a theory, very metaphysical, folks, this is super metaphysical, so like, don't like super quote me on this, like, and don't like freak out about this, but let's be honest here. I maintain that Lucifer was an ESFP, okay? Of course, it would be very easy, and yes, I am very biased in saying this, so I'll take it with many grains of salt. My superego is an ESFP, okay, yes. And based on me being an ESFP super ego, it's very natural for me to assume or think or be biased that Lucifer could be an ESFP. So calm down, don't freak out. I get it. But if Lucifer was an ESFP, that would explain how he loves being so popular with T.E. Child. He is the biggest entertainer, the best musician, the best, the most capable entertainer in all of heaven, basically. How popular he is, how he's respected as a leader, uh, how, he how he strategizes amazing ways to, to worship God and make God feel happy, etc., while he's on the throne, uh, all those certain things. But then the superego took root. The superego attached itself to, uh, to Lucifer's mind and took away his uh, angelic, uh, his angelic uh, power, his angelic uh, countenance, basically, and turned him into a demon. And it caused an ego shift, such that Lucifer became an ENTP. You know, an ESFP stuck in ENTP super ego. Interesting. Much like Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker is an ENTP stuck in ESFP super ego, right? An ENTP super ego is out according to Lucifer. Now, okay, I have made arguments before that angels don't necessarily have cognitive functions in the same way as human beings. But again, in the context of Paradise Lost, according to John Milton, angels reason and think the same way human beings do and have four and would technically have four sides of the mind and eight cognitive functions the same way human beings do. So like, seriously, calm down. Like, I get it, okay? This is just a model for explaining psychological concepts. Bear with me, folks, please, bear with me. So, so ENTP superego is in play, and then Lucifer then is like, okay, I'm gonna cast vision for all my homies now, and we're going to go take revenge, my ISFJ subconscious, we're gonna go take revenge against God by going after what he loves. Just like the old adage, the old strategy, you know, the best way to defeat your enemy is to attack his heart. You don't kill your enemy, they don't learn nothing. If you kill him, he's not gonna learn anything. So instead, we're going to attack his family. Yeah. See, that's that's the that's the more SE demon way of doing things because it's permanent damage, right? It's permanent damage that attacks the heart. It's like Effie Child attacking the heart, the demonic child attacking the heart of God by going after mankind, right? So we ego shifted. An ego shift is basically when the superego, sin nature is the self bending in on the self according to Martin Luther, and an ego shift occurred where the, where the unconscious or the uh, superego switches itself with the ego as my theory goes here with Lucifer, and that's exactly what happened. 
So the superego attached itself as a parasite and succeeded in making the switch within Lucifer, right? An ego shift occurred, right? And then as a result of this, Lucifer had sin nature, AKA the human condition, or I guess the demonic condition in this case, it's like a sickness, right? And the sickness corrupted his soul, which led him to do all these evil catastrophic things, which ultimately contributed to the fall of man, where the fall of man also ended up having the parasite attached to itself as well to mankind and the superego is then prevalent within mankind itself. Okay, that makes sense. Well, let's think about this differently, shall we? Let's think about this a little bit different. If I was created as an angel before the fall of the angels, before the fall of man, before the fall of Lucifer, if I was created as an angel, okay, and, uh, and I was like, what, sinless? And I knew what it was like to be sinless ahead of time, but then I had pride, right? Pride comes before the fall. Lucifer had pride. Why does the sun get to have all these things, right? It's kind of like, you know, women, and uh, they, they see this big pie of life, and they get that slice of pie, and they look at other women like, well, why do you get that slice, right? Whereas men, they have this pie, they get their slice, they're just trying to get their own slice. But women compare each other and compete with each other, and they're like, well, why do you get that slice? You see what I'm saying? It's the same kind of thing. That's pride, by the way. This is why the source of beauty is humility. This is why women need to humble themselves. Wait a minute. Ah, Sans Joseph, how dare you say that? Watch season four, folks. Seriously, watch season four. You need to watch season four playlist to understand the difference. Humility is the source of beauty. This is why the most beautiful women in the world, the most physically attractive women in the world, end up with such the most horrible men, okay? Because humility is actually the true source of beauty. Not, uh, not uh, fine ass and pair of tits. Let's be straight. Think about that. Humility is the source of beauty. Pride is the source of ugliness. You can give me a Victoria's Secret model who's like literally like 17 and percent body fat, absolutely perfect all the way around, laying on my bed naked, demanding that I do things to her and I'm gonna throw her in the dumpster because she's being disrespectful, okay? Because pride is ugly and she's prideful if she's doing that. Pride is ugly, humility is beautiful. See, Lucifer engaged in pride. He was so prideful, he felt so important. His self-importance was so high that he put himself above the Son of God, right? He put himself above the Son of God such that his pride came in and then all of a sudden the superego was able to attach as a result of pride and then he became corrupted and then ego shift occurred. And it all happened because of pride, right? Wow, pride is the first sin, basically, in that regard. The first sin that we know of. Right? The first sin about mankind, well, I don't think it was necessarily pride. It was probably lust, actually. If you want to learn more about lust being the first sin, go to worldeventsandthebible.com and read Brandon Ward's uh, Bible studies on uh, prehistory. It's actually pretty incredible, uh, some of his work, and also flies in the face of the Catholic Church or any type of Christian narrative. It's very, like, fringe. I enjoy how fringe it is, let's be straight. Then again, I have no care for any church system to begin with, and I prefer people just apply critical thinking to their religious texts and their spiritual texts because why not? 
And by the way, for those of you complaining that we're talking about spiritualism and how it relates to Jungian analytical psychology, I'm sorry, did you guys not know that Jung was an occultist and he maintained vehemently that analytical psychology has a very spiritual aspect to it? So it's no wonder that as a Jungian, I'm actually talking about these concepts, right? This is actually very normal within the Jungian psychology community, okay? So keep that in mind. Pride took place, and then all of a sudden he's got the super ego. Ego shift occurs, and then he's ENTP demon mode, basically. And he is a demon. Lucifer is a demon, okay? Angels started out, and then they fell into their super ego. And all of a sudden, the path, the path to enlightenment. See, mankind has it different. When we're talking about the path to enlightenment again. Mankind has it different. See, mankind is on its path to integration. It's on its path to enlightenment, right? It's better to be the person who starts in a fallen state and gets to enlightenment than it is to start enlightenment and fall into a fallen state. You see what I'm saying? Which one would you rather be? I'd rather start down here and end with enlightenment. Trust me. I'd rather start in a pit. I'd rather start in the suffering. I'd rather start in a fallen state and get to enlightenment. That would be nice. Whether or not I earn it, or whether or not I'm assisted by some divine intervention or divine force to help me get there, I would rather start in that fallen state. See, this is the advantage that human beings have over the fallen angels, because we start out in a fallen state. We start out with that parasite attached to our superego. And then because it's attached to that superego, we have the opportunity to reach integration, unlike the fallen angels who inherited disintegration. Disintegration. We have the opportunity to achieve integration. We have the opportunity to achieve enlightenment. And yet the fallen angels are constantly trying to sell us, according to Paradise Lost, enlightenment. Do you know how I know? The story of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, where the serpent literally says to Adam and Eve, Hey! You could be like God if you have the knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. You could be just like God. And they're being sold, sold on disintegration instead of integration because they chose the expedient route and not the meaningful route, okay? The root of all evil, therefore, is pride, which leads to the human condition, which leads to expedient behavior instead of the meaningful behavior, right? We're going to talk about a little bit more. All right, so let's see here. So let's talk about that. The Garden of Eden, the fall of man, okay? The fall of man. Uh, here's the problem with the fall of man. The fall of man is very, very, very interesting. Uh, some people think that eating of the fruit of the, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, like, oh, you know, railgun drew, drew, drew me like a nice... Uh, piece of fruit that was eaten here at the Tree of Knowledge. A lot of people maintain actually that the fruit is actually more, um, it's actually sexual. Uh, that the entire exchange with the serpent at the Tree of Knowledge of good and evil is actually, it was a sexual encounter. And as a result, they were given the ability to, the, the knowledge of sexual activity, such that then they understood what it, what, what it meant to be naked and what their private parts are and what that does and they became ashamed of it and then all of a sudden that's why we wear clothes because in ignorance before we had the knowledge of procreation basically and sexual activity 
you know, because then you could be like God. You could be like God who had a son and then you could have a son too, like God. Wait a minute. Think about that. Lucifer is pretty upset that God had a son and then all of a sudden is encouraging mankind to have sons before their time. Wait a minute. Think about that for a second. Because it's the expedient versus the meaningful. God had a son and took his time doing it, which was meaningful. He didn't have a son too quick. That would be nepotism, right? That would be nepotism. Even though the devil and his little TE belief system thought, ah, well, you're obviously being nepotistic towards the son and giving your son all my stuff ah, that I earned. Ah, right? Yeah, that's, that's effective. That, that's effective. That's really mature. Hmm. Well, in the context of Paradise Lost, okay. But the reality situation is, the reality situation is, is that in encouraging mankind to have sons, according to this exchange, I mean, a lot of people maintain that, you know, it was a sexual encounter, you know, they went too quickly. Mankind was not yet ready by design to have sons. They were not yet ready to have sexual activity. They were not ready to know the difference between good and evil yet. They hadn't had their graduation ceremony. They hadn't taken the classes yet. They hadn't been educated yet. What they were supposed to do is go to the tree of life, you know, the source of immortality, the tree of life. But the tree of life, that's the meaningful road. It's the hard road. It needs to be earned. It, it's the tortoise. This is the hair. This is the tortoise, hard work. It's really hard to do that. This is faster. It's a lot faster, right? And because it's faster, they went for it. They went for it. Oh, I could be like God now instead of like, you know, becoming like God later, you know, and, and earning the right to procreate. What if the tree of knowledge of good and evil was supposed to be mankind's graduation gift? What if like we finished all our education under the tree of life and we were good to go? What if, you know, when God said, do not eat of the fruit, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, maybe that was because... It was implied, not yet. You're not ready yet. You don't just teach a new student, you know, you don't just hand them a gun and be like, okay, here's a gun, you're gonna learn how to use a gun. No, no, no. You take the gun apart, you show them all the safety features, you walk them through every aspect about gun safety, right? It's the same thing with a car. You don't just let a student get into a car the first day, they gotta do book work first. They gotta sit in the classroom. So, explain to me, is it intelligent to give a young person who has no driving experience keys to a car and tell them to drive? No. No, it's not. Then, is it, or is it better to actually have them go through the class and actually learn about traffic laws, wait a minute, rules, first, before getting in the car? The tree of knowledge of good and evil, especially with its sexual nature, okay, because I do definitely maintain that any interaction between the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil and eating the fruit of the tree literally was sexual activity, okay? Mankind didn't understand the implications of what they were doing. And then they unlocked sexual activity. It's like they, they, they woke in that fire inside of themselves. You know, they're not virgins anymore, right? And then all of a sudden the hunger is there and they can't escape. They can't escape the need for consistent sexual activity ever again. This is why virgins 
do not crave sexual activity like people who are already sexually active, okay? So, it's the same point. Human beings were not meant to have that ability yet. But Lucifer comes in through the serpent, teaches mankind, hey, here's how it is. And it was the equivalent of giving a young person keys to a car. And there they go driving. Oh, they're driving a car. And they're doing a really piss poor job of it because they don't know what they're doing. They're missing the mark. They have sin nature because of it and all the consequences to that, right? And then all of a sudden the superego is attached, corrupting the four sides of the mind, right? And all of a sudden they are, their mind is disintegrated and it's not integrated. It needs to become integrated, right? Okay? So, but had they just gone with, you know, their creator's original plan and stuck to the tree of life, psychologically speaking, they wouldn't have that superego issue. And they would have reached an enlightenment actually faster. But no. And, and, and then sexual activity would have been given to them as a gift. It would have been their graduation present, folks. But no. We have to do it the fast way, the expedient way. Not the meaningful way. That's the problem. As a result, because they weren't, they left the garden ahead of time, the fiery sword of truth comes down and breaks the entrance into the Garden of Eden. Think about the allegory of the cave, folks. Mankind is no longer ignorant because now mankind has the ability to produce. What if the Garden of Eden had perfect production of food, water, heat, everything the human body needed to produce for just two people. But the second they start having sex, all of a sudden, there's gonna be more people. Maybe the resources of the garden is not enough to support those people. Wait a minute. And they have to leave. Wait a minute. It's starting to make sense now. Mankind is forced to leave the garden because the garden doesn't sustain them anymore. It sustained two people. It doesn't sustain all people, so they have to leave. And then comes the curses. God comes down to the garden. Adam, where are you? I hid because I was naked, says Adam. Who told you you were naked? The serpent told me. And then he blames Eve. And then Adam is cursed. And the curse is given to Adam. Cursed is the ground because of you. And through your toil and through hard work. Wait a minute. The tortoise. Hard work. You will eat of the ground for the rest of the days of your life. Yeah, probably should because you took the expedient route. You learned about sexual activity way before you should. And now you're producing children. You have to take responsibility for that, Adam. And you need to produce. You thought you could be king. But now you're not. Why is it naturally inclination as parents when we have teenagers and we tell our children, you can have as much sex as you want, provided you have a job, you have a car, you have your own education figured out, you have your own insurance, you have your own bills, and you're getting your own place. Sure, you can have all the sex you want. You want to be an adult? You be an adult. But then you have Adam and Eve who were not adults, and they were having sex, producing children. Okay? and destroying the ecological equilibrium that was given to them, right? This is a very interesting way of looking at things, 
But do you guys not see that? And I'm just using this as a model here. I'm not telling you this is exactly what happened. This is just a model, okay? This is a theory, okay? But think about it. The curse. Curse is the ground. Hard work. You know, and of course to the women it says, hey, guess what? I'm going to increase your birth pains. You're going to hurt more. Oh, and by the way, and you get two curses. Women get two curses. The first curse is you're going to have increased pain in childbirth. And your other curse is your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Right? Wow, that's heavy business. Those curses, that's heavy business. God had to put in some rules in the place because those traffic laws, because you gave the kids the keys to the car and they're flying around all over the place. Well, we got to put up some laws now. We got to enforce some laws because that's some, that's some dangerous stuff. They could be doing some huge damage with that since they're off in La La Land. The infrastructure's not even up in place. We got to, well, we got to do this. And the Tree of Life. They lost out on their opportunity to have access to the Tree of Life. And because of that, that's why men die. That's why we have death, because there's no access to the tree of life, because it's too late. We went right for the graduation present. It's like, oh, we have this big tournament we're going to play. But then we just walked off with the trophy. We didn't even play the tournament. You see what I'm saying? This was supposed to be the trophy, folks. But instead, Lucifer would be like, hey, here's the trophy. Enjoy. Oh, it's fun, isn't it? Oh, isn't it great? And yet the angel also said, you know, in the uh, garden, you know, the cows do it, right? You love sexual activity so much, you do realize the cows do it. You know, if you carry on like that, Adam, she, your wife, will never respect you. Adam freaks out. Oh crap, I want my wife to always respect me. What do I have to do to prevent that from, prevent that from happening? And the angel looks at Adam and says, quote, esteem yourself and never cease so that your wife will always respect you. Hmm. That's why, men, you should always be focused on, you know, esteeming yourself. The curse on all men. See, that's the thing. In order to reach integration, in order to reach enlightenment, you have to put in the hard work. It's just no different with the gateways, the entrances to the gateways. You have the hair way, you have the tortoise way, you have the negative way, you have the positive way, you have the chaotic way, you have the orderly way. Are you going to do the chaotic way, which represents the path to knowledge and good and evil, this tree over here? Or are you going to do the orderly way, which is the way to the tree of life? You have to learn all of the tree of life lessons while carrying on the burden of the knowledge of good and evil. Such that it creates this yin and yang equilibrium of order versus chaos. When, had you started in order, because remember, order begets order. We found this out in season 17, episode 2. Order begets order. Order does not come out of chaos. <coughs> and because order does not come out of chaos, evolution can't be true. Which means if evolution cannot be true, logically speaking, that means intelligent design is the only possible course of action. Order comes from order. Intelligence begets intelligence. Chaos does not breed order, folks. But there's hope. There's hope for all men. This is the key. There's hope for all men. And this is literally the path to integration, the path to enlightenment. That is the hope.
What is the hope? So, the Son of God comes, and, you know, it's just, it's just like uh, that, that song from Swedish House Mafia, Don't You Worry, Child, you know? Upon a hill across a blue lake, it's where I had my first heartbreak, okay? That's literally Adam talking about that time that he was with Eve, and they had their first heartbreak. They had their breakup right after they had their sexual activity for the first go-round, right? And then all of a sudden, the Son of God comes to Adam and Eve, and Adam and tells Adam, says, Don't you worry, child. See, I have a plan for you. Heaven has a plan for you. Okay? Well, here's the plan, folks. Hope for all men. That hope is the path to integration. That hope is the path to enlightenment. Okay? Why? Because Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, and I quote, For all have sinned, and all fall short of the glory of God, which means all has to deal with the superego. All must suffer with the superego. Everyone is subject to the superego's parasitic influence in the mind. But mankind was not ready for that and had it foisted upon itself too soon. Too soon, they could have had the tree of life, such that after learning the lessons of the tree of life, then it could have combated the desires or the will or the lusts or the evil of the superego, such that mankind, had it followed the lessons of the tree of life, it would have developed order, aka responsibility, it would have developed humility, it would have developed wisdom, so that... It would have all the tools necessary, all the lessons learned from the tree of life in order to combat the superego, in order to turn it away from its demonic ways and set it back on the path of its angelic ways. That's the point. That is the origin of the superego. It came from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's where the superego came from. Because we made the expedient choice. I gotta be honest with you, sexual activity is pretty dope. There's no way that after tasting that fruit, we'd ever give it up. Such that mankind, quite frankly, they would rather keep it instead and, and uh, you know, or death, right? They have to choose. You get this plus death. Or you don't get this plus life, but it's already too late. Mankind already has its eyes open. Mankind already knows the truth. Mankind already knows how it works. We know how it works. It's too late. That's why there's the fiery sword of truth guarding the entrance to the Garden of Eden. Because we can't go back. Our eyes have been opened. We know the truth. We can't understand. We can't unlearn what we've just learned. And the truth is, we know how to make children. And now we have to work. We have to work, okay? No, if you think about it, logically speaking, the curses given by God onto men were just consequences. They weren't curses. They were just consequences, direct consequences to us having sex before we should have. That's all it is because the angels educated us. The fallen angels educated us through the serpent long before long before we should have known because we did not have the humility from our subconscious we did not have the wisdom from our unconscious 
We did not have the responsibility from our ego, these traits that we should have learned from the tree of life because we didn't have those tools. Ooh, super ego signature. And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm melting. You see what I'm saying, folks? This is the problem. This, the superego, is why mankind cannot be allowed to achieve immortality before its time. Why do you think? When according to the occultists, when Atlantis, Atlantis was wiped out, they, according to the ancient story, according to the ancient history, were on the cusp, on the edge of obtaining immortality. They had immortality within their grasp, and they were wiped out by the deluge. Also, mankind, think of the collective unconscious of mankind, you know, that thing that has everyone else's mind psychically linked to everybody else. Okay, now I'm getting all voodoo on everyone. This is why, according to Carl Jung, you have stories like the hero's journey or the architecture, shared architecture between cultures and cultures have never had any contact with each other. That pyramids made on the eastern hemisphere of the, of the planet are all of a sudden on the western hemisphere of the planet and the two cultures had zero contact with each other and they're telling the same exact stories. The same pagan pantheon is the same pantheon in Egypt and the same pantheon in Babylon, for example, okay? It's all the same stories. And astrology, it's all the same everywhere, even though these cultures never had any contact. Read. Read the book known as Big Magic. Read that book. It's a book that defines extroverted intuition in a practical manner. You want to understand extroverted intuition? You want to understand the collective unconscious of man and how it mechanically works? Read Big Magic. Because Big Magic shows how ideas transfer. You are given an idea from the collective unconscious. Are you going to use it? If you don't use it, it'll be taken away from you and given to somebody else, right? Given to someone else. This is the reason. This is the reason why we suffer. We cannot be allowed to become immortal. Atlantis tried to get, become immortal, they got wiped out. And it happened again. It happened in Babylon. And then all of a sudden everyone's languages were confused and they were scattered across the earth because of the Tower of Babel. They were using the Tower of Babel as an engine to gain immortality. And then they were all wiped out. They were like, well, they, the tower was destroyed, everyone was scattered across the earth. Everyone's languages were confused, nations were born from that. Families were split apart, and all of a sudden, the biodiversity of mankind, because mankind only spoke one language at that point in time, well, they were scoured across the earth. No one understood each other anymore. And it took the collective unconscious of man, because when the deluge happened, which is like the flood of Noah and whatnot that wiped out Atlantis, well, guess what? The collective unconscious was just like a family, like a little bit, a little tiny. But then it grew again at that size again, but they're still united. Everyone spoke the same language. And then it was separated into tiny puzzle pieces and scattered across the earth in all directions. So instead of wiping out all of mankind again, they're all speaking different languages, which sublets the collective unconscious into tiny pieces. And then in 1995, for the first time in human history, or is 1990, hypertext markup language becomes the same language that everyone's speaking again, the internet. And the internet is now the new Tower of Babel, and the internet it's getting to the point where 
it will become the reason mankind reaches immortality for the third time. We are on the cusp, a third time. Mankind is about to reach immortality. If you don't believe me, you need to read Ray Kurzweil. Ray Kurzweil talks about singularity. Singularity is inevitable, folks. Read the books about singularity. Because mankind is going to be pushed in this place right now, pushed in this place on, on Earth where we have to make a choice between, as Dumbledore would say, what is easy versus what is the right thing to do. Because it's easy to succumb to your fear of death and then take on immortality. Immortality via technology. But then you become a slave and it becomes a slave world, right? How about not having fear of death? How about... You know, Jesus said the kingdom of God is in your midst. How about having a high quality of life, right? Maybe because you understand type. Maybe because your entire society understands type. Maybe such that everyone understands type and everyone understands each other so deeply that they have such deep, meaningful relationships that they are willing to die because they've led, they've lived such a complete, high quality of life that they're willing to die. They have no problem doing that. They're willing to die. They're willing to succumb to that path of enlightenment and engage in responsibility and order, engage in wisdom, engage in humility, and gain that angelic power and transmute that demonic power of their superego into that angelic form so that they can gain enlightenment, right? It goes beyond that. Hope for all men. See, if you're in the Garden of Eden, you don't know what you have until you've lost it. You don't know what you have until you've lost it. You don't know what you have until you lose it, folks. Are not these things more important than the sensual desires of the flesh? Are not these things more important? Do you not understand why we had to learn these things first to gain the tree of life first so that after having the tree of life, after gaining the ability to have immortality, or gaining the ability of making the world sustainable for everyone because it was unsustainable, because we didn't have the wisdom or the humility to make it sustainable in the garden. We start producing children in the garden. It becomes an ecological disaster. Wait a minute. Wow, did I just get all environmentalist right there? Wait a minute. Like, think about that. It's a problem. Michelangelo. Michelangelo painted this painting. I think it's in the Sistine Chapel. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know about God reaching down to man. You know, the two fingers meeting together? There's a reason for that. And that's where we get the INFJ archetype. That's where we have Jesus Christ, the Son of God, sent down to mankind to bridge the gap. To bridge the gap between this and this. The bridge. Why is the bridge necessary? Because of what happened with the superego. Because, because we have ego shift. The old ego, like Lucifer's ego, the ESFP was switched with the ENTP ego, the old ego versus the new. Fear is the chaos not yet confronted. Mankind is afraid. It is afraid of death. We need to confront death. It is appointed a man to die. We need to get to a point where mankind no longer has a fear of death because fear of death is ultimately going to be the thing that enslaves us. We think... We think we're getting the tree of life. We think we're going to have that through our faux immortality. We think we are, when in reality it's just more of this, which is going to make us even more deeply entrenched in our superegos and our race is going backwards instead of forwards. 
We're literally going to make a deal with the devil and become undead. Undead is where, like vampires, you're frozen in time. There's no growth. The only proof of life that there is, as the quote goes, is growth. If you're frozen in time, you're not growing, a.k.a. you're not alive, a.k.a. you're miserable, a.k.a. you're literally in hell. And it's hell on earth because, and you're enslaved to it because he who controls that technology controls your soul. You're literally selling your soul to the devil and you don't even know it. Don't accept that immortality. Don't accept that mark of the beast. Don't accept the immortality. You need to be willing to die. Because if you don't, remember, <coughs> fear, fear is the mind killer. Fear is what leads to pride. If you're afraid of death, you can give in to pride, and then you'll be on well on your way, folks. You don't want that. The superego, that's not what it's for. Fear is the chaos not yet confronted. Death is the chaos not confronted. That's why fear of death is the ultimate fear. We need to have faith. Faith is evidence of things hoped for, and faith is certainty of things unseen. As long as we are doing what is meaningful, we have proof enough that our faith will be rewarded, such that we do not have to be afraid of death anymore in as much as Jesus demonstrated that. We'll talk about how he did that in a second. So, think about it this way. Our subconscious, if we do not, if we do not develop our ego, it leads to disorder or irresponsibility. Lack of responsibility, we need to develop our egos to reach responsibility, okay? That is the whole point of the ego, is to reach order or to reach responsibility. Order determines outcome. You want a good outcome in your life? You need to get a good order or be responsible enough. That's the whole lesson of the ego. The lesson of the subconscious is you are afraid. You are insecure. You're insecure because you don't have your tree of life creature comforts that you had before in that sustainable environment known as the Garden of Eden, and you made it unsustainable because you started having children. <gasps> well, you're afraid. You're insecure. Well, guess what? That leads to pride. If you're doing it chaotically, or if you do it orderly, you know, if you do it through the yang energy, not the yin energy. Hmm, interesting. Wow, we could like start talking about chakra, you know, yin versus a uh, yang. Uh, 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 energy access points directly into the gateways and the different sides of our minds. And does that sound like very Naruto-esque with uh, different gateways in terms of uh, Mike Guy and uh, Rock Lee? Yes, it does. Interesting. So the subconscious, it leads to insecurity, which leads to pride. Or if you do it in an orderly basis, guess what? Your subconscious starts getting developed and that leads to security. It also leads to faith. Having faith in oneself because you're not afraid, which leads to humility because you realize you're not all that and a bag of chips. You yourself have flaws. Yes, you recognize these are your insecurities, but you can aspire to get over your insecurity. You cannot aspire to overcome your insecurities until you accept that you actually have flaws. 
This is why SE Inferior bothers me so much sometimes because SE Inferior is like, look at me, look at me. I can outperform everyone else. I can look better than everybody else. And it's like, yeah, but you're being prideful about it. How about you just be who you are and accept who you are? Yes, you're not perfect. It's okay. Oh, but they can't. Or can they? The humble ones can. Ooh. That's why humility is the source of beauty. Ooh. Dang, that's powerful stuff. Or to go below, the unconscious. Ignorance. Ignorance is what happens to the unconscious. Ignorance is default. And as much as fear and insecurity is the default the subconscious, the unconscious, ignorance is the default. And if you have ignorance, if you're being ignorant, well, it leads to failure. It leads to foolishness in the unconscious. So we need to gain knowledge for ourselves as a result of seeking failure and learning how to fail all the times and make all of the possible mistakes because our race was supposed to have known every possible mistake we could have made before going in this way. We were supposed to learn how to have a society based on equilibrium, a society based on, you know, unsustainable life, basically, or wait, sustainable life, wait a minute, wait a minute. It was supposed to be sustainable, but we went the expedient route, and now it's unsustainable. It was going to be sustainable, but we took the expedient route. Gosh, sex is just that great, isn't it? But, you know, we could have had time to learn how to do it, learn how to do it properly, but no, we had to go the expedient route. We need wisdom. Wisdom is what we need for, from the unconscious, okay? And then as a result, we can work on turning our demonic superego into an angelic one, such that we would have had, had we adhered to the tree of life and created a sustainable world. Why else does Jesus say the kingdom of God is in your midst? It's right in front of you. Take it. It's yours. You just got to be willing to work for it, right? You got to be willing to put in the effort. Remember the unconscious, the school of hard knocks, hard work. Be the tortoise, folks. Put in the work. Stop looking for the easy way out. Stop looking for the easy answer. You're not going to get it. You think the superego's got the answers? Oh, yeah. I'm going to give you the easy street if you want it. See, that's what the demon's all about. The demon's like, hey, whatever you want. Are you willing to work for it? Or are you willing to pony up something big and I'll give you the easy street? Whatever one you want, man. You make the rules, man. Whatever you want. Or whatever you feel you should do. Or whatever you feel like doing. Whatever I feel like doing. Whatever you think is best, man. Whatever I think is best, man. Whatever you want. Whatever I want. It's okay. All eight cognitive functions are right there. Ready to serve your needs. Oh, yeah. But the angelic is capable. So let's use some Christian symbology uh, to explain how that works, especially in terms, you know, in terms of, of Jesus Christ. Let's look at that. This is a Venn diagram. With the green represents God, basically. The ego, or the blue part here, represents man, mankind. North, south, east, west, pole for each circle. North, south, east, west. This is a theory that was given to me by my, my ESTP mentor, Robert Bryant. Good guy. Um, he's an ESTP. Still thinks he's an ISTP, but he's an ESTP. And uh, 
my other mentor uh, maintains that he's a he's a very narcissistic ESTP. Uh, they they don't like each other very much. It's kind of interesting, but um, so this this represents uh, a a relationship between God and man, basically. And you can think of this as uh, Michelangelo's painting of you know God reaching down to man and fingers touching. You know what I'm saying? But here's how it goes: North, South, East, West. North represents the ego. East represents the uh, subconscious, and then south represents the unconscious, and west equals the superego. Oh, but it's a Venn diagram, interesting. And then over here on the circle that represents God, basically, you have the four sides of the mind of God. Wait a minute, you have God the Father, which is direct initiating control, aka structure, interesting. Then you have God the Holy Spirit, which is the starter interaction style, and form initiating movement, interesting. And then you have, the finisher, known as the son, who said, quote, it is finished, as he is said his last breath on the cross. Interesting how that works. He's the finisher, direct responding movement. And then you have the superego of God, the fourth side of the mind, also known as the foundation, a.k.a. the source of all cognition itself. Wait a minute. The source. Wait a minute. Because according to my mentor, the trinity you know, of God, basically, represents the his sides of the mind, basically. Okay, do I subscribe to this? Not sure, but I'm just sharing exactly what my ESTV mentor taught me and explaining how all of these things kind of go together. He rejected the notion entirely of a fourth side of the mind when it came to God, but I disagree. Uh, so hence why we have source of all connection, cognition here as superego. And mankind is a superego here. Here's the difference. What's the point? What happens when our powers combine, right? So you have absolute truth and absolute good, right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Kind of interesting how that works. Let's look at cognitive development, shall we? We start out as the ego, and then we go, and most people, you know, as it usually goes, ego, and then it goes into the, so we develop our sense of responsibility, and then we start failing at life, and we start developing our maturity, and we gain for ourselves wisdom through the unconscious, and then we start developing our subconscious, and we start developing humility, awesome, and then we're ready to start integrating our super ego, awesome, we're developing our super ego, it becomes an angelic capability instead of a demonic capability, then all of a sudden we're able to have communion again with God like we had before, and then all of a sudden it's like this yin and yang equilibrium between both of us such that it becomes like a psychic link which may have potentially existed before because when the superego attached itself to the mind through here and it was a parasite and then self bending in on the self according to Martin Luther, then all of a sudden the connection to the creator no longer exists such that God comes down to the Garden of Eden saying, Adam, where are you? Wait a minute. Why didn't God know where Adam was? Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Isn't it interesting that the original crest of the early Christian church, known as the Way, uh, as set up by um, uh, John the Baptist, um, the original symbol was actually a fish, like this. You know what's interesting about this fish? A lot of people think it's a Piscean symbol, it's a symbol of Pisces, but... Uh, it's actually very oddly similar to uh, the Ouroboros, or the infinity symbol. The infinity symbol is also another form of the yin and yang. It's the same. 
Notice, wait a minute. It's all turning around like a Ouroboros. It's an Ouroboros. An Ouroboros is a Venn diagram. It's a yin and yang. It's an Ouroboros. It's indefinite. It's the tree of life, folks. It's a tree of life. It's indefinite. Because here we have death because it's our relationship with the source of all cognition is broken off. It's completely broken. But here it's complete. After our superego is no longer demonic and it is angelic. Because look at this, folks. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said that. And then all of a sudden we have, wait a minute, ego, unconscious, subconscious, superego. And then it leads to, wait a minute, the Holy Spirit getting things started. But then it's finished by the Son where Jesus is, right? The Son of God. And that leads to the Father. No one gets to the Father except through me because the finisher comes for the structure. The structure is put before the Father, right? Going through the source of all cognition in that relationship, that relationship that's had with God the Creator, which leads to the Holy Spirit, which gets things started, which leads to the Son of God who finishes it because no one can get to the Father except through the Son, and then, at last, mankind has access to the Father again. Such is the way of the tree of life. Such is the way of the superego and angelic form. Interesting. So, what does all that mean? Let's look at it this way. How can the superego be angelic? Let's give some practical application, shall we? Practical application. Let's bring out my superego right now for demonstration purposes only. Hey guys. You know, I just absolutely love doing this. You know, I have full freedom to just dance around here looking like a total idiot sometimes. And you know, sometimes people tell me, oh, James, you're no fun. You're no fun at all. But don't worry, guys, I'm still here. I'm always here. I'm always watching, always observing, because extroverted sensing demon is all about watching, watching everybody, what everybody is doing within this thing you call reality. This thing that, in my opinion, my TE child opinion, should burn, burn it all. You know, because just like Alfred said in that movie, The Dark Knight, with, directed by Christopher Nolan, some men just want to see the world burn. And you know, I kind of like that philosophy. I feel really good about that philosophy. Trust me, guys. So yes, I am the superego. I am the demon within. But, you know, yeah, there can be some angelic properties to what I do. I'm just so sick. I'm so sick of everyone being so irresponsible and lacking in wisdom. I am so sick of people being incapable of embracing humility. It makes me sick. Because of that, reality sucks. So I want to burn it, burn it all. But every now and then I'm surprised. I meet somebody who has the humility. I meet somebody who has the wisdom. I meet somebody who is responsible and has all of these traits. Oh, I sure love those traits. And you know, 
it just makes me wonder whether or not reality is worth preserving, right? I mean, Tony Stark, another ENTP, came up with that, right? And he ended up trying to save preserved reality. Maybe that's what I can do. But then again, I see those other people, those SI demons out there, who are like, oh, I have this covert contract with life, and I am so insecure that I give in to my own pride, such that I'm like, ow, I go out of my way to perform for everyone and do all these great things for everyone, and you don't appreciate anything I do or anything I say, and you know what? I'm just going to go up here on this hill, and I'm going to light myself on fire and hope that someone actually cares about me as I'm burning myself away, as if I'm nailing myself to my own cross. Tear. And then they're burning, they set themselves on fire, and I see that fire because I'm always watching, right? I'm always watching. And I see that fire, and I go right up on that hill, and I get my lawn chair. I sit down in my lawn chair. I get nice and comfy in my lawn chair. I got my popcorn because I love popcorn. Oh, especially when it's olive oil and salt. It's so nice. I really like that popcorn. And I eat my popcorn watching them burn themselves alive. What an idiot. But it's just an amazing spectacle to me. So who am I to get in the way of that? And you know, I just can't help myself. I just can't help myself but to mock them, mock them as they burning, mock them. Wow, look at this amazing spectacle of you burning, burning on the hill, burning up here. Oh, I'm sure so many people are gonna come to stop you, I'm sure someone, I think someone's coming right now, I think I see someone coming right now to, to, to put some water on you. Oh, they're coming, they're coming, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> Oh, I'm just kidding. No one cares. No one cares. And I'm just going to mock you while you light yourself on fire. I'm going to mock you. Nice suicide, bro. Nice, nice, nice self-destruction, bro. It's really useful. You who are so prideful and claim to be so arrogant, you, you to, to be so intelligent with that God complex of yours, but you light yourself on fire. Where's your humility? Oh, and obviously lighting yourself on fire, that's the wise thing to do, S.I. Demon. That's the wise thing to do. So you're literally self-destructing before everyone here on the hill. Wow. So I'm just going to mock you because of how stupid it is. No wonder I want to destroy reality. When you're willing to destroy yourself, so why should reality exist if you're just going to light yourself on fire? Why? Why should I care? That's why I'm just going to make fun of you from my lawn chair with my popcorn and just be like, ha, 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 what an idiot. But then you listen to my mocking as I make fun of how stupid it is. And you're like, yeah, it is stupid. Your words hurt, but I really shouldn't be lighting myself on fire. So I'm just going to put myself out and stand up out of the ditch and keep walking step by step. Thank you, S.I. Demon. Thank you for realizing what I was trying to show you. You actually do have value. But you can only see it until you see just how silly you look lighting yourself on fire. Because what a waste. What a waste. 
See, folks, that's the difference. That's the point of SE Demon. SE Demon, it mocks people. It's very spiteful. It causes the ENTP to become extremely spiteful and other people mocking them, making fun of them. Sarcasm, for example, being smarmy, right? Or snide or um, sadistic in a lot of ways. This is all about the superego. The superego, the SE demon wants to permanently maim other people. It wants to permanently destroy reality. That's what it does. And it wants its damage to be permanent such that that INFJ who's lighting itself on fire on the hill permanently remembers my SE demon mocking its SI demon so that it never forgets, never ever forgets it being mocked so that it as SI demon will never forget because it bears the scars of being mocked by my SE demon the last time it lit itself on fire so it never forgets how useless of a play that is. How useless, how it has no value. There is no value in lighting oneself on fire. There is no value in self-destructing. SE Demon already hates reality as it is. And you are just destroying yourself. So it's like, okay, yeah, sure. So I'm gonna mock you while you're doing it. I'm gonna mock you in your dumb, stupid, self-destructive behavior because you need to permanently remember how silly you look and how no one actually cares. So you bear those scars on your heart for the rest of your life such that when you think about self-destructing, you never actually do. Such that my SE demon ends up saving lives, ends up preventing suicides, ends up creating totems in the souls of other people such that they do not go that far, such that they do not self-destruct, such that those permanent scars, that brand being burned on the heart of that SI demon, for example, by my SE demon, that they always bear those scars so that they remember how much of a waste it is, a waste of time, a waste of energy, a waste of resources, a dumb decision to self-destruct, as SI Demon does, such that they never make that decision again. SE Demon is harsh, it is spiteful, it is snide, it would rather maim instead of murder, right? This is why maiming laws are more severe than murder. It's the one that's like, if you kill him, they won't learn nothing. Just like the Riddler says in Batman Forever. There's a reason for that, folks. There's a reason. If you kill him, they're not going to learn nothing. SE Demon exists to permanently strengthen other people by etching onto their souls that self-destruction is bad. Wait a minute. SE Demon is a dick. SE Demon is harsh. SE Demon just exists to harm and maim. Wait a minute. But it's also saving lives. It's preventing suicides. Do you know how many people I have talked to and brought them back from the edge as they're about to commit suicide in front of me? I had a woman one time holding a knife in her hand, ready to slit her wrist. She was already in process of doing it. I saw the blood myself.
But she didn't do it. My SC demon came out. See, folks, the superego is demonic and can cause a lot of destruction, but it also has the power to save so many lives in its angelic form. You have to have, in order to wield the power of the superego so that it is properly contained, so that you're getting that nuclear energy instead of getting nuclear weapons, massive destruction, and instead you're getting unlimited, renewable, sustainable energy instead of mass murder. Wait a minute. Maybe you should pay attention to the power of the superego. You want to wield the superego properly? You want to harness its power for good? Well, instead of making a deal with the devil and going direct, maybe what you need to do is become responsible. Maybe you need to have humility. Maybe you need to have wisdom. And then use these tools to harness the power of your superego properly such that you can change lives and save lives forever and ever and create for yourselves a sustainable earth, a sustainable kingdom of heaven here on earth because the kingdom of God is in your midst. I'm not saying that. Jesus said that. You know, the INFJ, the tip of the spear, moving our race forward to the next level, as all you INFJs out there should be doing, but you're deciding not to because you're too busy self-destructing, because you're too afraid and you're too prideful to accept that you're not always going to outperform everybody, but you have the potential within you. But because of your fear, fear is false evidence appearing real. Fear is the chaos not yet confronted. You can't realize that you need to have faith. Faith is evidence of things hoped for. Faith is certainty of things unseen. Why aren't you doing this? Why do you doubt yourselves? You could be walking on water. Why do you doubt? Metaphysically speaking, that is. I bring out my superego to show you folks, while it is very spiteful, while it holds a lot of hatred, hatred for this reality, hatred because I've been given such a bad experience in my life. I have a lot of pain in my life, and I carry that pain with me everywhere I go, that I automatically hate reality by default because I remember all the pain I've ever suffered, and I carry it with me, all those bad memories everywhere. I'm not some SC user that can just take the totems out of my life because the totem isn't in my life anymore, then all of a sudden I just forget. I don't have that. I don't have the luxury of burning down a house and starting fresh. I don't have that. I have to take my pain with me every single day, everywhere I go. And I have to suffer with it every single day. No wonder my superego hates reality. And yet, through responsibility, humility, wisdom, my superego can be that angelic force. Instead of destroying lives, instead of destroying reality, it could save lives and save reality by permanently etching the souls of others and reminding them just how stupid their bad, evil ways really are. How it makes them look silly. How they are a mockery. And it's permanent. Sometimes, folks, pain is necessary to strengthen others. Remember, we are human beings. We are here on this earth the curse, 
We are here to suffer because we made the deal with the devil. We made the expedient decision. Instead of doing the meaningful decision and going towards that tree of life, that sustainable world, that kingdom of heaven on earth, the kingdom of God is in your midst. But instead, we had to do the quick, easy thing. And because of that, reality sucks for all of us. Because we made that decision. My superego, just like everyone's superego, is capable of meeting out absolute destruction and tragedy upon the earth and our fellow man. Absolutely. We see the human condition. We see sin nature. We see how it happens over and over and over. In order for our race to reach the level of enlightenment, to create a world like the tree of life, to the point where the earth becomes a tree of life. It literally has that capability. In order for that to happen, we have to master the other sides of our mind. We were supposed to master our sides of the mind before we made that decision. But we went for the end goal first, beforehand. And now we have to suffer. Life is all about suffering. We are diamonds. Diamonds are made of carbon. Human beings are made of carbon. There's a reason for that, folks. We have to learn from our suffering. Do not let your suffering go to waste. If you allow your suffering to go to waste, it's worth nothing. And you are proving my superego right that all of reality must be destroyed. Give it a reason to preserve reality, a reason to preserve life. When it's trying to harm somebody, is it really trying to harm somebody for the sake of harming somebody, for funsies? Yeah, some men just want to see the world burn, right? Sure it does. But there are times when it's actually harming for the sake of helping. It's called negative help. It happens all the time. TI parent, TI hero do that all the time. Negative help. That's why TI is attached to FE. Have you ever figured about that? It's called negative help, folks. You have to understand that level of importance. Think about it this way. There is an old story. I forget who said it. A man dies. He goes to hell. He is being tortured by demons. They're beating him and torturing him, poking him, stabbing him, cutting him, yelling at him, belittling him, exposing his nakedness to everybody. And they're torturing him. It's like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And then... One of the demons comes up to him right in his face and says, we're burning the lies away. Wait a minute. See, folks, that's what my SE demon does. In fact, that's what all of our demon functions do. They burn the lies away. Because if you lack humility, you're lying to yourself. If you lack responsibility, you're lying to yourself. If you lack wisdom, you're lying to yourself. It exists to burn the lies away. Because that man who is being tortured by those demons come to realize, oh hey, you're actually angels and you're saving my soul by burning the lies away. Please proceed. Such is the way of the demon function. Such is the way of the superego. If you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, enlightening, please subscribe to the channel or leave a comment, leave a like while you're at it. 
If you'd like to financially contribute and keep the lights on for this community, please go to patreon.com forward slash csjoseph. Uh, become a gold-tiered subscriber to gain access to all of our private lectures. I think we have 10 lectures available now, more to release this month. If you'd like to join our meetup groups, we have a meetup group in Sacramento uh, and also the Bay Area. It meets once a month. We also are opening another meetup group in Dallas-Fort Worth area. You're going to want to get in on that. We're going to leave an announcement for a separate meetup uh, specifically for Dallas-Fort Worth as well. Uh, it will be hosted by Mr. Mello, uh, one of our co-hosts, uh, which would be awesome. Uh, if you want to get involved in the community there, if you want to join our Discord, go to csjoseph.life forward slash social, click Discord, get in our Discord community. We have over 2,000 people uh, relating to the uh, CSJ community. We would love for you to be a part of that community. We would love for you to uh, be involved with that directly. I highly recommend it. Uh, you can get your questions answered. There's some people who are practicing how to type each other, talking about the science, talking about games, talking about anything. It's a fantastic community. Sometimes I show up, sometimes I DJ on there as well. It'd be great to have you. Uh, join our 2,000 plus person community on Discord. So, anyway, folks, what is the superego and its gateway? That's the origin of the superego. That's where it comes from, according to John Milton's book, The Paradise Lost. Um, uh, the gateway functions. Uh, we talked about how there's the chaotic way in. There's also the orderly way in. Chaotic act, uh, uh, chaotic activation or chaotic transition, orderly transition, etc. Uh, going in and out. There's also, you can go into these gateways through, uh, we haven't talked about it yet, but I'll be talking about it soon, um, through cognitive orbit activation or cognitive axis or, uh, activation. We'll be talking about that in the future, probably about a season 18 lecture. But the bottom line is this, folks, the superego, while it is by default demonic, the source of sin nature and the source of the human condition for our race, it is also, it is also the source of the absolute good or the absolute truth. Our trickster functions, think about that. Think about it. The parent function is the source of responsibility in the ego, right? And when that and then when the child function becomes the parent function of the subconscious, it is the source of humility. And when the critic function is energized and, and developed in the, uh, uh, the unconscious, it becomes the source of wisdom. What happens to the trickster function when it's developed in the angelic form of the superego? Folks, guess what? If I have FI trickster, that means I can come to the highest understanding of what the absolute good is. If you have TI trickster, this is you ENFPs and you ESFPs, you have the capability to understand what absolute truth really is. Specifically because your trickster functions have become developed so much